welcome back to another episode of the Media Boat Podcast, your weekly episodes for news on movies, TV, music, and video games, not necessarily in that order. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. Thank you for joining us for this December the 17th, 2022 edition of the Media Boat Podcast. It is episode 362. It is chilly. We are getting close to winter. It is Christmas vibes up in here. We only want a week more. Uh, so get excited if you're a celebrator of Christmas. Whatever holiday you're celebrating, happy holidays and enjoy your time with friends and family. Or just yourself if you're that kind of person. That's fine. Or like a dog or a cat. I don't know. You do you. We're here to podcast and we have a lot to talk about today. So let's get into it. Yeah, we got a lot of dudes. We got a lot of thoughts. We have a lot to get into. Yeah. Uh, so, a lot of partying to do later, so let's get it. Yes, so let's get right into it. And we start these episodes with the music section. Yes. And let's start the music section mm-hmm. with the billboard. And we we'll always start the billboard with the Hot 100. And it's Christmas vibes. Oh, pick it up. Yeah, we, of course we called it. We do this so much, <laughs> we know that this is just how it is. The yes. week before Christmas. Exactly. Um, so much so that Taylor Swift is not in the no. top five. Antihero pushed down to number six this week. Ooh, which Out means, top five. and you know what that means. Her reign is over. Well, what? Her reign is over until the January. The reign of Mariah is upon us. Yes, because All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Your number one song being sung in karaoke bars all around. Oh, yeah. It's happening right now. <laughs> as we speak. Rocking around those Christmas trees. Should they be in a karaoke bar right now? Probably not, but it's happening. Speaking of rocking around those <laughs> Christmas trees, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree yes. by Brenda Lee is your number two song. Indeed. Just rocking away there. Rocking away. Speaking of rocking, Jingle Bell Rock. Will be your number three song yeah. by Bobby Helms. It's just yes. a holly time to have that song there. Well, yeah, I know. In fact, in fact, at number four is a holly jolly Christmas by Burl Ives. Yes, just creeping up in there. But uh, uh, surprisingly, not a, uh, your number five is not a Christmas song, at least not to my knowledge. Um, no, because number five is creeping. <laughs> not by Eric Church, though. No, 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 no. This is creeping by Metro Boomin. The Weeknd, and 21 Savage. All three of them. All and you know it's all three of them because this is not. there's no featured credit here. It's just all three of them. Yep, just straight up all three of them. No yep. Zero features. Hey, whatsoever. if Metro don't like you, well, you know. Anyway. <laughs> that, no, that's the wrong Metro. <laughs> no, it's the same Metro. Is it the same it's Metro? Like, the, like, yeah, Future, Future does that like little thing at the beginning of Metro Boomin songs where it's like, if Metro don't like you, I'm going to shoot you or something like that. Oh, no. See, I'm thinking Metro Station. <laughs> oh, you're thinking of Shake, Shake, Shake It. Yes. Metro Station song. That's different. Yes. Metro Boomin is not Metro Station. No, those, those are completely different things. Anyways. Anyways, <laughs> as for your albums chart, your Billboard 200, yeah. at number one, Heroes and Villains yes. combined by Metro Boomin. Yeah, this means that Midnight's dethroned for number one. Yep, because number two is Midnight's by Taylor Swift. Coming in at three, Her Loss by Drake. And 21 Savage. Coming in at four, Un Verano Sinti by Bad Bunny. And rounding out your top five and your only Christmas album in the top five, mm-hmm. Michael Bublé's Christmas. So yeah, everything just moved down a spot for Metro Boomin to come in at number one. Yes, including Pentatonics. Yes, including Pentatonics, <laughs> which has not shown up yet this year. We'll see. Yes. We'll see you next week. Uh, they're always somewhere around there. They're always, always creeping. <laughs> if you didn't like any of those albums, well, we have new releases. Well, new release. Well, we have new release. As it's season, colon, winter. 
by Weezer. So I believe this is the third in a planned series of four seasonal albums by Weezer. Uh, that's the only thing I know about this. Um, the other thing is, is that this is a Wednesday release, uh, not a Friday release, I imagine, because of the holiday. Because Friday would be uh, the Christmas day Eve before Eve. Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah, it's Eve. Christmas Eve, as I like to call it. Doesn't Christmas that make Eve. It, or Festivus, yeah, yeah, as yeah. some people call it. For the rest of us. Yes. So yeah, there's that. Um, so, let's get right into some music news. Let's! And we start with Amazon Music. With something that's happening right now. Yes. Or this weekend, at least. This weekend. Because the, uh, they got none other than Beyonce yeah. to hold an event called Club Renaissance this weekend in Los Angeles, which will be a celebration of the singer's sixth-month-old album. Yeah. Gotta specify album there. Uh, details were scarce at the time of this article's publication, although the fine print does say that Beyonce's company, Parkwood, quote, invites you to experience renaissance in spatial audio. So it seems at the very least that it's a high-fidelity listening session. Sure. On Friday afternoon, fans received alerts for a website called Club Renaissance, but <laughs> tickets were apparently gone within minutes. The event's location has not even been disclosed, just that it's taking place on Saturday and Sunday night starting at 9 p.m. this weekend as of yeah. this recording. So there's a lot of questions about this, like, wait, who was invited and where is this happening and why? Um, one thing to note here is that unlike the two albums that preceded it, Renaissance has no plans right now, or at least Beyonce has not said anything about a visual accompaniment to the mm -hmm. album. Both uh, the self-titled and Lemonade, of course, had... Uh, album length visual like music video compilation things uh, uh short films essentially that came out around the time of its release so is black is king the yeah other one. so did yeah. black is king or black is king and so yeah it's interesting that there's not a really an equivalent here unless this is the seeds of that perhaps these will be filmed and maybe be part of um some sort of visual representation of renaissance who can say or maybe she's doing this in lieu of a film maybe instead she felt like no after two years of lockdown, maybe we need a communal experience to experience Renaissance in person. And we're sure this is Beyonce doing it, right? Not it just someone like with Beyonce name and Amazon well, Music? You, yeah, that's the thing. Is you that skipped over the Amazon Music uh, sponsorship here, which, oh. uh, when you read the story, that implies that this is official. Uh, and yeah, Amazon Music, of course, just like Apple Music, has a spatial audio option in their service. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that they would want to promote the fact that they probably put a lot of work into the spatial audio version of Renaissance. Yeah, but you would also think they would have a, a venue set by this point. <laughs> they do. It's just that we don't know about it because we weren't one of the fans invited. Oh, so they don't that's put the venue thing. on there. So that's what I'm thinking. People is that don't. The, the number like, of like, people were so limited that only they know where it is, and they probably had to sign an NDA to not tell the press where it was. Because otherwise, imagine how many people would be rolling up to that joint trying to get in. That's why it's going to be at the Griffith Observatory, and no. they will have people at, down at the bottom <laughs> no. with at the gates. No. no, it's going to be some something smaller. I imagine this is a more intimate thing, especially considering that this the Griffith Observatory leaked. is an in, intimate thing. <laughs> uh, Adele did something similar last year. Well, I don't know. Regardless, it's an interesting move for Beyonce, but honestly, it's a slow music week, so this is one of the only stories I could find. Well, you know, the other one being... Uh, yes. U.S. legislation against TikTok. This is a wait-and-see story, is what I will say. So we knew that 
Congress, U.S. Congress, was looking into TikTok and whether or not they should allow it yeah. in phones in the U.S. due to its relationship with China. Yes. So there's now legislation, legislation effort led by GOP Senator Marco Rubio to ban TikTok in the U.S. In announcing the legislation, Rubio's press... Baja Grill. Sorry. Uh, yes, the, the Baja Grill himself <laughs> um, cited the, quote, risk of TikTok being used to spy on Americans by the Chinese Communist regime. And when you say it as the Chinese Communist regime yeah. and not mm. the People's Republic of China, <laughs> you're sending a message there. You are. Uh, TikTok, which boasts more than one billion users for its short-form video entertainment app, has been a political football. I love that term. I know. Since its inception, because it's owned and controlled by Chinese internet giant ByteDance. Mm -hmm. Quote, this isn't about creative videos. <laughs> this is about an app that is collecting data of tens of millions of American children and adults every day. As compared to an American company that is collecting data on tens and millions of Americans, children and adults every day. We know, quote, uh, continues, we know it's used to manipulate feeds and influence elections. We know it answers to the People's Republic of China. There's no more time to waste on meaningless negotiations with the CCP puppet company. It is time to ban Beijing-controlled TikTok for good. <laughs> so, a couple of things to unpack about this story. First of all, this is not the first time, as you mentioned, that the government, some government representative said, we need to ban that there TikTok. So, has anything happened so far? No. no. Will anything likely happen here? Probably not. Uh, number two, um, a good question when I talk to a friend of the show, Christy, about this, a good question to bring up is like, wait a minute, how come he's not concerned about all the American companies that are stealing all our data constantly? We yes. know Facebook is. We have proof. Yes, we know Google is. We know Twitter again. is. Yeah, it's like this is no, like, this is no surprise, really. Right, and those are just the face companies. There's also the third-party back-end companies. Yeah. Who manipulate the data and put people into groups and sells that data off. So yeah, yes, we understand that there's a difference because it is a country outside of our own that is doing it. In this case, it is also a country that's seen by a lot of political, uh, like a lot of politicians as our rival, and uh, that could be also part of it. Like there's a point, and yes, there's. I guess that there is a potential concern if they are using it to quote influence unquote. It could be effective because a lot of impressionable young people are using TikTok. But yes. honestly, most of what I see on TikTok and most of what most people see on TikTok is stupid videos. Like, they're not really gathering much or influencing you much, despite, well, besides, like, the occasionally influencing you to buy some sort of pink sludge that doesn't do anything. Right. That's why you go to Instagram <laughs> to where you can influence other people. And you yourself can be an influencer yeah, or influencee. The other thing I want to say here is that if they end up do uh, like introduce actual legislation, if this passes and there is a bill um, that goes to the president's desk, I will say one like absolutely this will be the most unpopular thing that the president could ever sign. People love TikTok, especially people young voters, mm -hmm. and I think that there would be a huge uphill battle if all of a sudden there's a ban on everyone's favorite app. You mean great grandpa takes away my app? 
Pretty much, yeah. That's the vibe. Like honestly, this would be the most, the like the most unpopular legislation in a long ass time oh, if yeah. they choose to do this because TikTok is incredibly popular and incredibly influential. I don't know. So there's a lot of weird shit about this. And again, slow news week for music. Also, much <laughs> like what Facebook has said to Congress, they don't curate what you see. Right. You curate yourself based it's on an what algorithm. you click. It's an algorithm. But so. Yeah. If Marco Rubio is looking up manipulating the feeds and influencing elections, what does that say about what he's looking up? <laughs> I don't know. I think this is all theoretical because I don't think Marco Rubio has watched TikTok in his life. Moving on. Moving on, though. <laughs> uh, did you listen to anything? Uh, no, just uh, I'm just kind of making playlists right now uh, to like car playlists for when I'm driving at this point. Nothing really new coming out. So, all right. That's it. So, let's get into video games. Oh, I didn't do the new releases, huh? I skipped the new releases this week. I don't think there's anything that important coming out. I think we're no. largely done with December releases. Anyway. Yes, uh, because video games upcoming this week means that it'll be releasing on the 23rd, which is big for Christmas, which is not happening. So, we'll just skip it for this week. If there is something of note and you're ma- mad that we didn't bring it up, hey, email us at <laughs> mediabopodcast.com. Or no, wait, no, at gmail.com. Yes, at gmail.com. Yes, that's the address. Mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com is that email address. Yes, yeah, just let us know if there's something we missed, but honestly, I don't think we're missing much this week. I don't think so either. All right. So, what we do have. What we do have is video game bits. The bits. The bits. The bits. Yum, yum, yum. Give them to me. Yes. And we start with with multiple veteran criterion. Uh, devs exiting the studio following Need for Speed Unbound. So, uh, this is an interesting story that broke actually recently. This was like last night. Um, so, Need for Speed Unbound was just unceremoniously dumped by EA in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew it was really coming out. There was no hype about it, no marketing. And surprisingly, it's gotten pretty good reviews. People who like racing games say it's the best Need for Speed in a long time. So, why did EA choose to just dump it? Well, turns out that this might be some explanation, or at least a reaction, to EA's treatment of the game. The game was developed by Criterion, a, ga- a studio that used to make the Burnout games uh, prior to uh, being purchased by EA and kind of been saddled with Need for Speed projects mm-hmm. ever since. And yeah, multiple vet- veterans of Criterion who have been there for decades are getting out. And I'm wondering how much of it is the reaction to, hey, our publisher has no faith in us. Like, our publisher basically just dumped our game we're going to go, this is the time where the good one's good, let's get out, we've finished a project, let's go and figure out what else we want to do instead of staying here and just being EA's, like, need for speed machine. I think it's the perfect time, so I don't yeah. blame them. Form your own studio. Yeah, potentially. Make a spiritual successor to Burnout and make it the game that we've been waiting for. How about that? Instead of just another need for speed game. That being said, like I said, Unbound getting pretty good feedback, mm-hmm. and so yeah. Uh, people, I'm glad that there's a good need for speed again. Speaking of things that got good feedback, yes. Horizon uh, Forbidden West. Mm-hmm. While it was announced the previous week that they would have uh, a DLC, yes. Burning Shores, right. Guerrilla, uh, Guerrilla Games has now come out and confirmed that it is working on a Horizon online co-op game. This is potentially really exciting. I think that any spinoff in the Horizon world is a cool idea. I like to I like the idea of exploring mm-hmm. what kind of other things are happening outside of Aloy in this universe. I think they're already doing that with the VR game. 
and for um, and for another project to kind of delve into this and be an online co-op thing is potentially really cool. That being said, what kind of online co-op do you think this is? Do you think this is a narrative style like the uh, adventure where it's just a co-op version of like the existing Horizon games? Or is this like a Left 4 Dead, like a PvE kind of thing? Um, I see it more as a PvE because you, mm. you can't be, y'all can't be Aloy. <laughs> no, no. This will be different characters, I assume. Yes. So if they want to set it in the New Worlds, uh, in the Forbidden West area, yeah. um, have it to be where you are a person from a tribe from the previous, from the first one, Zero Dawn, who goes into the Forbidden West upon hearing that Aloy has successfully journeyed through, and then you go on the quest with your team mm -hmm. to find Aloy. Maybe. I mean, Although, when you get to the game, you you find that she's no longer here. She's left for the Burning Shores. That goes uh, to DLC. Maybe. And then, but the whole time you're interacting with all the other people that Aloy attracted to be like, yeah, I know Aloy. She <laughs> went this way. I trained her to do this. Right. Would you also like to train to do that? I mean, yeah, they could go in a more narrative direction than that. Or they could just completely eschew narrative altogether. And they already have the setup of, like, the training camp kind of battle arena stuff. Right? Yeah. You could just make a co-op version of that and make it kind of, like, more, like... In universe, but not necessarily narrative reliant. Just like a fun little multiplayer thing you could do. Like we're just gonna sick all these monsters on you and see how you guys do, kind of thing. Uh, but then that's more like battle arena then. Yeah, I don't know what they do honestly though. I think it's a good idea. I think there's a like I said, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do in that universe, and um, I'm excited to see what co-op adventures they uh, sent you on. Um, but if you do co-op. And you do more than uh, just two people, mm -hmm. expand to four online. You gotta do raids. You have big raid battles. Give <laughs> me the fun. Apex Predators. Go full Monster that, Hunter. With or that's what you do is yeah. hey, we have these Apex Predators. We don't have Aloy, but you are like the best of our tribe. Actually, now that I say that, that might be what this is a kind of a Monster Hunter in the Horizon universe. Monster Hunter already is a co op experience. Yeah. You could basically just take that Xerox on top. Of Horizon, you could probably do it. Just big, make it like big, like you're hunting big monsters, mm -hmm. like big, a big, whatever they're called. Is there a term? Uh, machines. Are they just machines? Yeah. Okay. A big machine. Record. record. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> now we have to stop talking about this. We broke it. No, but that could work. Like, it could work, yeah. No, because like you could choose what tribe you start from, and then be like, yeah, a Western monster hunter. Western would be really monster. interesting. Yeah. Let's do but it. Hey, these, these are coming back. Or even if you don't set it in the Forbidden West, you set it where the original game was. Anyway. Yeah, because then, like, hey, like, Aloy left Forbidden West. We don't know if she's ever coming back. We need someone mm -hmm. to help protect our lands now from this new threat. And that new threat can translate into whatever the DLC is, whatever Horizon 3 is. Like, there's a lot of different ways you can go with this. And we have to stop talking about it, otherwise we're just creating yeah. a game for ourselves. We'll see, we'll see. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, speaking of DLC, yes, uh, Vampire Survivors yes. now has its first DLC, Legacy of the Moonspell, and it's out now. Yes, one of um, uh, my favorite games of the year. Uh, this is the first big uh, DLC for it. It includes uh, eight more characters, 13 more weapons, a few more maps, um, and it's only three bucks for on um, Steam right now. So if you want to just slap that on top of your existing Vampire Survivors experience, you can. Note, this is not yet 
coming to the Game Pass version of the game, nor the recently released mobile version of the That's game. That's what I was going to ask. This is just the PC version to start. I'm sure later they will uh, allow you to add that inf- uh, stuff on to the other versions of the game. But for okay. now, this is for PC us- users. Uh, but yeah, it seems cool. I saw some footage of this, and it seems like the new weapons are really neat. But honestly, there's weapons in the original game that I haven't even seen yet. So I have yeah, I am not going to get this. Oh, you haven't done all the combinations yet. No, I haven't. Like I haven't even done all of the things that you can do in the first one. So I'm not quite ready for the DLC. But if you've played Vampire Survivors to death already and you're ready for new stuff, hey, it's here and it's three dollars. So Vampire Survivors continues to be probably the best deal in video games this year. (laughs) Spectacular. Um. In other news, <laughs> yeah. non-related 8-bit game news, yeah, uh, Kojima Productions and Kojima himself yeah. have confirmed that they are working on a Death Stranding movie, yeah, as well as Death Stranding Two. Yeah, this follows. Pending. Yeah, on the on the heels of announcing Death Stranding Two or DS Two, as they refer to it on the stage at the video game have, awards. Yeah, they did. Um, and yeah, it looks like they're going to be a movie. So the question here is. There's a lot of celebrities that are already in Death Stranding. Do you just cast Norman Reedus? Do you just cast everybody? And uh, you could. You could. I think you could. Honestly, though, I don't know if this happens, number one. Uh, But let's be real. Back when he still uh, had the IP under his control, Kojima used to say all the time that he was making a Metal Gear Solid movie, and that never happened. So chances are, who knows if this will actually be a film. That being said, if it is, yeah, I think it would work. Um... That story, that uh, game is also is very story heavy, so I could see it working. It'll be a weird ass movie, but it could the be a ga- movie. The game, or sorry, the movie is in the works, meaning that there's a <laughs> roughly script outline, right. but nothing is put pen to paper yet. They pitched a story, and that's all of the story. And they that's said something. yes. Maybe they not. said yeah. yes if you present us a script by the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. That's or end a, of next year. It's another asterisk. We'll see on that one. Yes, um, but it's not an asterisk. Yes. What's not an asterisk is, oh, you don't have it on here. What? Um, is that a TV show got confirmed and picked up. Oh, yes. The God of War series so, for Amazon. I did see that story. I skipped it because we already talked about it. But what I didn't realize yes. is that now, but, but basically the news is that Amazon is making it. Yes, Amazon is officially, officially making it. There will be a God of War series. All right. Yep. So, do you think... Uh, 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 Christopher Judge? Yeah, I don't think he does it. No. I think they get somebody else. I don't know who, though. You don't know who? We cast... Who did we cast? Oh, yeah. We were casting the Gears of War movie last, yes. uh, last week. Uh, I don't know. Let's cast God of War. God of War? You have a rough... Who's Kratos? Well, because you got to go Greek mythology here. You don't go okay. with, immediately with the new one. A shaved Thor. Jason Momoa. A sh- oh, do you shave Jason Momoa? <laughs> Can you? Should you? Should, should you? you shave Jason Momoa, I think, is the question. I don't think you should. No, we shouldn't shave Jason Momoa. I don't know who does it. Uh, That's a tough role to cast. It is. I'm trying to go away from like any like WWE wrestler. Yeah, that's the tricky part, right? I thought Batista again, but even Batista no, doesn't seem right. No, he's too old. Uh, I don't know who you do, Kratos. Well, good thing that there are people who are Because I was thinking like Brock Lesnar, but he's no actor. No, no, he'd be awful in it. Yeah. And John Cena's wrong, too. Yeah, he's wrong. I don't know. Too. I'm trying to think of bald guys. Jason Statham's too old. <laughs> Jason Statham's too old. Michael Chiklis is too old. To be fair, <laughs> they did cast Gerard Butler That's in 300. True. So who knows? 
Who knows where we could go here? I don't know. Like I said, Timothy Chalamet. God, no, no, he'll be the kid. He'll be the, he'll be the boy. Boy, boy. I don't know. Uh, like I said, people who are paid more than us uh, to do this are going to cast better than we can. Just so. please don't cast Mark Wahlberg. Just don't do it. Please don't. Anyway, so that's yeah, God of War TV show. You'll watch that. I'm sure. Yeah. You'll check that out. Anyways. Anyways, uh, last bit of news with Amazon. Yeah. Is that they have signed the next Tomb Raider game yeah. from Crystal Dynamics. A lot of people are confused by this one. Crystal Dynamics recently got bought by the Embracer Group. Yes. And so the question is, is why isn't an Embracer label publishing this? Mm-hmm. Like, why isn't this like a Gearbox published thing? Like, what's going on? But, of course, we, since we cover all sorts of different media uh, things here on the Media Boat Podcast, I think we know. And I don't know why everybody else isn't putting these pieces together. Remember when Amazon bought AMGM? One of the IPs that they got from that was the film franchise of Tomb Raider. Yep. This has to be a tie-in to the next film. That's the only reason why they would do it, right? Mm -hmm. Amazon's publishing it because, one, they're still trying desperately to get their foothold in the video game industry. And, two, what better way to do it with a a franchise than with a movie that they're already planning probably to make? People may be confusing because Legendary Pictures put out the previous... To uh, Raider film. They're not doing the next one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that that's probably the explanation. They'll probably scan whatever actress that they have in the part of Laura Croft, just have her be in the game as well. I think this is a synergy move. Sorry, Alicia Bikander, yeah, it's not going to be you. Sorry, it's not going to be you anymore. Uh, yeah, uh, I think that's the explanation that people are missing. I could be wrong. Maybe there's just something else going on. But also, Crystal Dynamics is, is, has their kind of hands in all sorts of different things. Remember, they're still helping Microsoft with the Perfect Dark reboot. That's still on the books, that they're still helping development of that game. Whenever the hell that comes out. So yeah, Crystal Dynamics all over the place, but hey, they get to make a new Tomb Raider game, and they're probably getting a pretty penny paycheck from Amazon to do it. Now, do we, are we sure this is going to be a live-action film? Film from Tomb Raider? Uh, and they're guess, not going to do something like uh, Arcane? I guess you could do that. That sounds more of a TV move, and I think that this point they had announced this as a film. That's so cool. I don't know. I actually don't know, but regardless, I think that there's corporate synergy here, here, and I think that's why Amazon's publishing it. Some verticality there. Yes, yes exactly. Some verticality. We love we love some verticality. Yes, speaking of things that are very vertical. Oh yeah. Uh, Sony and Marvel ownership of yes. <laughs> Spider Man. Oh yeah. As Sony has confirmed that Spider Man Two. We'll be releasing in the fall 2023 window. Yes. And you know what that means. Yes. Game of the year. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know what I'll get for my birthday. So, yeah, <laughs> this is, of course, the sequel to the PlayStation 4 Spider-Man game. Yes. And I guess also, by extension, the Miles, Miles Morales, Morales game. Uh, yes, this will, of course, have both the Peter Parker and uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man alongside each other. No confirmation on whether there will be co-op involved. Uh, but yeah, and this said, uh, finally getting a release window of next fall is exciting. People like that first game. So, I don't know if you do co-op, but I could see um, intersecting storylines yeah, where absolutely. you play one and one. Yeah, absolutely. They already kind of toyed around with that in Miles Morales, so yeah. Well, they also kind of toyed around with that in uh, the original Spider-Man right, game. where you uh, played as Mary Jane. Yeah, for those sneak-around missions. Yeah, uh, it could be cool. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with a Spider-Man 2. And traditionally, things named Spider-Man 2 are pretty good. <laughs> so hey, they got that working for them. I wonder if that will be the name of that game, or whether they will put a subtitle on it. Video games 
what I know about video games, I no, they'll put a subtitle on it. Probably. Yeah. Um, and then that will be for the PlayStation, probably. Uh, yes. Until PC, because later. Insomniac is a Sony-owned studio, it yep. will be a PlayStation exclusive. Uh, until the PC eventually gets released. Yeah, yeah, until yeah. PC version. So, uh, big news about PlayStation, though, that yeah. if you are a new or lapsed, if you have a new or lapsed yes. PS Plus membership, you actually save $30 off your subscription. Yeah. But only for a limited time. So, this is, I guess, a kind of a last-ditch effort, end-of-the-year effort for Sony to try to get those subscription numbers mm-hmm. that we had reported a few weeks ago that were lacking, according to Sony, yep. uh, back up. And so, yeah, if you haven't had a PlayStation Plus membership, or if you turn yours off for a while, this is a nice incentive to save some money. But people like us, who are current subscribers, do not benefit from this. Yes. So you will not get any discount. It's not the Verizon no. everyone deal. No, it's not. Or AT&T everyone yeah. deal. But it's interesting for if you did kind of turn it off for a while and want to try one of the new tiers that they introduced this year, mm-hmm. this is a good incentive to try it. But if you did, we're going to try it, you're going to do it anyways. Yeah, Exactly. I might turn mine off. I keep forgetting I need to turn mine off. Mine's not going to renew until April, so yeah. I just need to downgrade it by then. Or I can upgrade for $8 for a no Don't reason. do it. Don't, Don't do it. it. You're never going to touch those I'm games. never going to touch those You're games. You're never going to play it. I, I barely play what's there already. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, it's just still like the time that we have. <laughs> but lastly, in video game bits, as we wrap it up here. Yes. Uh, Hollywood. Our Hollywood. L.A. Hollywood. <laughs> Super Nintendo World officially opens in February. Yes, so everybody who has been waiting with bated breath, seeing all the footage from Japan and salivating over the idea of Nintendo-themed rides, Mm -hmm. well, wait no more, because February, they will open the Super Nintendo World in uh, Universal Studios Hollywood. Two months before the film comes out? Yes, so... It's in April, right? Yes, of the April release. So one to two months before it comes out. It's energy, again... Yes. Um, are you looking forward to this? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure about the, like, the world. Yeah. But kind of excited about the movie. Okay. But this is about the world. Yeah. I'm asking you, are you excited about going to Universal Studios and trying out these rides? Um, I'll say the same thing I said when the Harry Potter world yeah. came out. Yeah. I'll get to it eventually. Sure. But and no by rush. that, I have no rush, and I still have yet to be to the Harry Potter world. <laughs> uh, I, you know, it's fine. Honestly, I went on a couple of the rides when I was there, and they're fine. It's not noticeable. about the rides, it's about the experience. Sure. Uh, the experience is fine. I tried Butterbeer, and it was fine. Okay. Uh, but no, this is way more exciting than me, because this is more something I would enjoy. I am interested to see exactly what kind of stuff they do with it, what experiences there are, mm-hmm. how the rides are. I hear the Mario Kart ride is experimental in a way that sounds cool. Um... They're doing some interesting stuff with the attractions there, mm-hmm. and I would like to see it. I'm just in no rush to see it, like okay. you said, especially since um, they have a similar thing to Disneyland right now where it's a reservation system kind mm-hmm. of stuff, and it seems complicated, and I'm sure it's going to be busy as shit when this opens. Everybody's going to try to get there. All the four-year-olds going to push the ten-year-olds out of the way. Yeah, so... That's why when Christy and I are talking about, like, oh, it's been a while since we've gone to a theme park, we're newer than Knott's Berry Farm, because it's going to be the least... Uh, least busy of all the parks. Funny enough, uh, going to Disneyland was on my Christmas wish list. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. That was on your PowerPoint. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, it was? Okay, I missed that. No, it anyway, was. It was on the PowerPoint. Among the, uh, among the floating shelves and Lego. And Taylor Swift tickets. <laughs> Taylor Swift tickets that are never going to happen. Yes. Anyways, uh, so yeah, uh, Super Nintendo World. That'll be exciting when it comes out. I'm excited to see stuff about it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, though, I'm in no rush, just like you, to yep. actually go there myself. Yep. 
thing. Any other gaming bits? I think that's uh, it for the week in gaming news. Then let's get into some thoughts. Yeah. As we both played a game. We played both played a game, a new release uh, from uh, last week. Uh, I think you got further than I did. Yeah, yeah, but honestly, not that much. I feel like I'm only scratching the surface of it. We played High on Life, which is the Squanch Games uh, shooter. And that is, in case you didn't recognize the sense of humor, that is Justin Roiland's studio. Yes. They made a couple of VR games before, um, dabbled in game development. This is uh, probably their highest budget effort, I would say. This is their probably most Probably more stream. polished version of it. Yeah, it looks like they put a lot of work and budget into this thing. Uh, High on Life, basically, the concept is it is a first-person shooter in the vein of something like Doom, where it's very arcadey, very straightforward. Most of what you're doing is just shoot, 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 shoot. Not a whole lot of exploration. Mm -hmm. And light traversal stuff. Light Metroid Prime-ish uh, platforming going on. Yes. Well, the concept is that you're a bounty hunter yes. in an alien world. Yes. And the setup is, is basically aliens invade. Mm -hmm. And you uh, get a gun that talks. You have Justin Roiland's, Roiland's voice. Mm -hmm. So if you know that voice, you know what to expect. Um, and you basically get transported to the alien world and become a bounty hunter. I don't know how I feel about this game, but what I will say is I don't think I'm going to play any more of it. Okay. And here's basically why. So, I knew what I was getting into. The kind of most of the conversation about this game has been, man, this game talks a lot at you. The premise of having guns talk to you should imply that. Mm -hmm. But not all, it's not just the guns that are talking to you. The enemies also won't show, shut up. You're constantly getting uh, involved in like NPCs that also talk at you forever. Um, there is an option in the options where you can turn on the basically a verbosity slider where you can say, like, I want them to talk less at me. But that excludes basically conversations that are important to the plot. So even if you do turn that down, this game doesn't shut up. This game just talk about it. Now, I knew that going into this. Mm -hmm. I knew what to expect. Even then, I was alarmed by how much <laughs> talking is in this game. I'm not the biggest fan of Justin Roiland's sense of humor. Um, it's very hit or miss for me. I think there were maybe like a couple of moments in the two or so hours that I played with this game where I was like, okay, that's a good bit. Most of the time, though, I was just like, all right, okay, I know what you're doing here. It's the, ah, oh, jeez, ah, oh, Jesus, oh, no, kind of ver uh, version of his yes. thing, of his shtick. And if you're not a fan of that, you, you don't should want probably that. not play this game. Yeah. And just look, let's baseline that. So knowing all of that, I was like, I'm still going to give it a shot. Because some people I trust are have talked about on the internet, like, hey, if you get past that level of the, like, like, layer of the game, it's a surprisingly solid shooter. They're doing some interesting things with the mechanics. They're doing some interesting things, especially with boss battles. I don't know if you played long enough to get to the first boss. I did not get to the first boss okay. yet. Um, and that's all true. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised with the boss battle. I was pleasantly surprised with some of the mechanics. There's some conceptually interesting ideas uh, coming into this game. Uh, there's like an alternate fire kind of thing that all the guns have. And it provides some environmental puzzles, which is interesting. There's some, um, like... Now, do you just have the one gun? So, no. Um, I only played enough to see the one gun. But okay. later in the game, yeah, you do get multiple. other guns that are played by different voice actors. Yes. Um, that kind of unlock more options for you, uh, shooter-wise. You can switch between Freely. them on the fly. Yeah. 
I also heard, and again, I didn't play long enough to get to this, but I also heard that there is different way, like you can experience the game different ways depending on the gun that you have out because different commentary will happen. Mm-hmm. So that could potentially lead to, oh, I want to replay this level with this gun because I didn't hear this dialogue. Again, if you want to hear all the dialogue in the game, which is a big if. But where I got hung up uh, was I just don't think the game controls that well. First-person platforming is an extremely hard thing to nail down. It is why Neon White is a miracle. The reason why everybody was like, what the hell, Neon White is great, is because it does first-person platforming in a way that, in a smooth, like, perfectionist way that nobody's ever done before. If you look back in the history, even games like Doom Eternal, the sequel to the Doom remake, people, like, complained about the platforming and kind of the, like, uh... There's a, a grappling hook mechanic in that game, essentially. And some when it didn't work, it felt bad that it didn't work. Well, guess what? This game feels bad when that stuff doesn't work. There's also a grappling mechanic here. And if you fail, it feels sloppy. I never felt like the game controlled well enough. I felt like I was missing shots that I should have made. I felt like I was couldn't make jumps that I felt like the game expected me to make. I felt the waypointing was bad. I couldn't really find my way around some of the levels as easy as it wanted to. Also, it does this awful, awful choice where the waypoint is not always there. You have to Horizon-style press a button to activate the show-me-where-to-go thing, and then it disappears. So you have to kind of hammer on it every once in a while to find it again. I think that's bad design. Like, I just think that's straight-up bad design at this point in, like, gaming development. I just, it didn't feel great to play. So I got to the point where I was dying over and over again on this platforming puzzle and I couldn't figure it out. The game characters were yelling at me constantly. And I was just like, I was like, I had this moment where I was like, oh yeah, I don't have to play this anymore. I can actively choose. I just kept thinking like, oh, when I want to get to the point where this gets interesting. I want to get to the point where I get different guns and there's an interplay and there's like different mechanics I can discover. But I didn't want to. I just got to the point where I was like, I just don't like how this feels. So am I going to like how it feels when I get a new gun? Probably not. So, yeah, that's kind of my experience with High on Life. I'd like to stick around like to find out what it can do. But honestly, where I'm at, it's just like I feel like I am not enjoying it well enough to want to find out. So you played a little yeah. less than I did. I played a little less to you. That's just because my little laptop over there. Yeah, I bet it was... Uh, Oh, in some trouble with it? Yeah, uh, yeah. all in low parameters. So it's not the most graphic, like highest graphic fidelity game I've ever played. But it, I could understand that if you don't have a graphics card proper enough, for it, that yeah. maybe it will be a little chuggy. Yeah, it was definitely chugging on it. And then because it was like kind of delayed my inputs because yeah. it was kept um, yes. boss as talking. It was like okay, like go this way or don't. You know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a gun. Oh, just just let, let, let me, just do your own thing then, I guess. But you should definitely go over there and do that. I think, yeah, what I discovered about this is I have, like, I have a line yeah. for the Justin Roiland bit, and that game crossed it. Yeah. And I just, yeah, it's not for me. But I think there's potential in the idea, and that maybe if I had a higher tolerance for that style, maybe I'd be okay, which is why I was interested to see your point of view, because you've watched a hell of a lot more Rick and Morty than I have. Yeah, um... Don't need to talk about it, but yeah, season the current season just ended. Yeah, uh, very Rick and Morty style. 
but yeah, uh, it is a lot of Justin Roiland. You know, like I said, I was hoping to see if you had a different gun no, that you'd want to switch. But again, yeah. I wanted to. It's just that I spent there's you spend way longer time with that first gun than I thought you did. Yeah, and so I thought by like hour two I would be already moved on. And right. No, no, I still haven't gotten another gun. I got a knife. I don't know what celebrity is wasting that, but it's equally as annoying. Okay. The knife's whole bit is like just talk, constantly talking about wanting to basically stab people. Yeah. It's like this is funny the first time, but it's not funny the sixteenth time. It's like I don't know, whatever. Anyway, I was also having some trouble with the um, shooting because yeah. I don't know if it was my graphics or just whatever, but I couldn't find a reticle. The reticle is very small. Um, and even, like I said, even if you see it, I think that there was just some moments where the game was not communicating very well when shots were, when shots were, uh, like, I think the enemies do flash red when you Mm -hmm. hit them, but it's such a quick animation, I could barely tell when it was connecting. So. Yeah, I was actually trying to, like, spend, like, half an hour, like, in the settings, trying to, like, can I have, like, an always reticle on? Do I always, it should, be, it should be there by default. Yeah. Maybe it was just, yeah, it was like the the, uh, uh, the resolution maybe that you had. It and then was not maybe. High enough. But even when I got to the Bounty Hunter suit, I just got like bombarded with like all these like oh, the, the, pop-up the ads. The pop-up ad thing is a dumb joke that goes on too long. Yes, but because like I could barely like move at a functional rate, yes. the pop-up ads kept coming to where uh, I just have this tiny window like, okay, where the hell am I supposed to go? <laughs> So I guess what I, I guess what we're saying is is that I guess that there are people out there that are saying that there is good stuff to get to in this mm-hmm. game. I just don't think we played enough to get there, yes. and I just don't have the push or the feeling that I want to find out. So maybe I'll just skip it. Maybe this is just not something that I will find out. And maybe maybe if you're not sold by that, hey, check it out. Like it's on Game Pass, so if you have Game Pass, try it out. This is a perfect Game Pass game because it's very try it. To see if you like it kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are having fun with it. And I say, hey, good for them. Uh, maybe there is something in there. Because I like the concept. I just think the execution just wasn't quite to my liking. So, that's High on Life. It's out. It's out. It's there. Um, uh, yeah, it depends how much talking you like. Because yeah. um, I would definitely not play this game around my doctor. Because they oh. would not shut the hell no, up. No, no, no. <laughs> this would be terrifying like this would be a terrible game to play with somebody else in the room yes because they would just be like oh my god <laughs> so yeah anyways anyways that's not the only shooter you played no uh i mentioned this uh i think off briefly pod. Yeah. off pod but yes uh i did it i was convinced enough by the internet to finally give it a shot uh yeah i did the thing that i probably said at some point on this podcast that i would never do or it probably said i didn't have any reason to do it mm-hmm. i played Fortnite. yeah like on purpose yeah on purpose uh Fortnite. but there's a reason trust me this is relevant and this is why i'm talking about it it's because Fortnite just actually had a huge update like a huge refresh for their chapter four event so how they do Fortnite essentially no longer seasons well no there are seasons within chapters so uh, basically whenever they do a full reboot essentially of yeah. the Fortnite world introduce a new map introduce new mechanics uh rebalance weapons they'll call it a new chapter so this is the newest chapter in Fortnite, chapter four and they actually made huge change there's a huge new map that is now the default battle royale map this follows their introduce of zero build mode uh, which was the big thing from a few months ago, 
which is basically a version of Fortnite where you don't have to worry about building. So it just becomes a that's regular battle royale. Right. Okay. Honestly, that's uh, one of the only reasons why I'm playing this, is I do not want to have to learn build mode. Right. Uh, and number two, it is now running on uh, Unreal Engine 5. That's the big sell here. Okay. That's what I wanted to check out. Because, I don't know if you know this, there's still not a retail game out running on Unreal Engine 5, except for Fortnite. Fortnite is the first one. And, uh, of course, Epic Games makes the engine, yes. but also Fortnite. So, of course, they would try to kind of Trojan horse it in. Now, I want to note, it's not the first, technically the first release, when we talked about that Matrix demo that uh, was, last um, year. Yeah. That was running on Unreal Engine 5, and that was kind of a t- the first tech demo. This is 5.1, technically, so they've done some work even since then. And I have to say, even for a game as simple as Fortnite, it looks spectacular. So the lighting design they're doing it, I played it on a Series X. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from what I understand, there's even like ray tracing stuff on the PC version of this. And you can get really granular. But yeah, it runs beautifully. It runs at 60 frames. It looks great. And um, there's never like, one of the things it has is like this like technology that's supposed to prevent pop-up from ever happening. And it works. It's a huge map. And I never felt like anything, there was any graphical pop-up. So this is exceptionally, exceptionally interesting coming off of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which is nothing but graphical pop-up and terrible frame rate. So going to a game like this that just runs and just seamlessly and looks great, it was kind of cool. And then as for Fortnite itself, I think I like it. I think it's fun. I get it. I get why people like Fortnite. Um, Yes, you could make an argument that the way they design Fortnite is a carrot on the stick, kind of you're constantly chasing that high kind of thing. And yes, you're right. There is a certain element of that where you're kind of going to want to play more of it, regardless of whether you're actually having a good time or not. Mm-hmm. That's true. And the way that they do the season passes uh, does entice you to, one, pay for it, and to keep playing, to keep unlocking things in the season pass. That is true. And that is what I'm doing. I want more skins, damn it. I want to be Ariana Grande. You are sucked into <laughs> it. That's how, that, that's how they make all their money. That's how they, get, that's yeah. how they make a billion dollars a day. That being said, though... Like, cynicism aside, this game is designed to hell and back. And what I mean by that is they have really ironed out what it, what a good-playing multiplayer Battle Royale game feels like. They've done every single thing they can to streamline the playing of Fortnite, and I think it totally works. It is actually a really, really well-designed shooter. It feels good to shoot. It feels good to traverse the world. I think even the vehicles feel good to drive, which is amazing. Like I said, it looks great, which goes a long way uh, to making it feel like a great, like a like a streamlined game that you want to play. Mm-hmm. I think, and there's so much you can do. It's not just a battle royale. There's so many wet like uh, missions, like mini quests that you can do besides just survive. Like there's like a story in the background of it happening, and so it's like, oh, if you go to this location. All these named locations, which you get to unlock, by the way, and you get experience points for unlocking them. So you're basically like, oh, so every time you touch down, you're like, oh, it's not just about if I see a dude, I'm going to shoot him. It's also about, oh, there's this gray area on the map that I haven't seen. Let me walk over here. Oh, is there a quest there that over here? Oh, I can interact with this like NPC character, and they're going to tell me some lore, and then again do this other thing. I didn't know any of that was in here. Like, it's just been, a, like, a fascinating exploration where it's, like, they've worked on this game so long and put so much shit in it. There's constantly something happening at, around every corner. 
Now, is this just because you haven't gone through chapters one through three? And I think there's like, an element of that. Hey, like, like they added this in yeah. chapter two. I'm just now getting around. To I it. imagine that, yes, yeah. if you're an OG person who's played Fortnite for years, this is probably not news to you. Uh, and I realize that. And it probably it is more interesting to me because I am finding out all of this at the first, for the first time. Mm-hmm. That being said, though, it's one of the reasons why I think people like it so much is because I think there is a version of this kind of game design where... You play once, you lose, and you're like, why would I ever play this again? But the fact that they incentivize every little thing, it keeps you going. It is that carrot on the stick. It reminds me of the first time I played uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare back in 2007. Mm-hmm. The idea is, oh, even if I lose, I'm still leveling up, and I'm still unlocking still weapons, and I'm still getting attachments. Yeah. That is exactly the same feeling that I'm getting from playing Fortnite right now. Which is, oh, the more I play, there's an incentive for me to keep playing even if I'm losing a lot. Mm-hmm. But if you don't lose, that also feels amazing. And, like, it feels... It's still that core gameplay loop of trying to survive and getting to that last where the the, the circle is so small and there's only one... Like, last night I had a victory, victory, victory royale where I was, like, waiting for the other dude to stop hiding. He finally came out, and I had, like, an explosive bow, and I missed the two first shots, but then I finally got him with the explosive bow, and it just felt so good. I was just like... This is why people play this game. Now, let me introduce you to Fall Guys, which is the same concept, but without guns. Yeah, but it's not a shooter. See, that's the thing, is I think a lot of the fun that I'm having from Fortnite is that it is a shooter. And I like, and it's been a while since I played a shooter like this, and it feels really good, even for being a third-person game. Which, at first, I was like, third-person shooters don't usually feel as good. This one, they've really ironed out. And I feel it's that epic DNA. These are the people who made Unreal Tournament, for crying out loud, and it's... That DNA is still in Fortnite, which is, again, not something I anticipated. But you feel it in the way that the weapons work. And that's why Fortnite is your game of the year. (laughs) Very funny. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't love all of it. I think that there's some things about it that I don't really like. I think that some of the... uh, I don't love that there isn't a mode that just kind of puts you in a random spot. I don't love every match has to begin with you parachuting in mm-hmm. because that's the most stressful moment, believe it or not, for me is like, I can't land next to somebody or else I'm going to get murdered immediately. I have to get a gun. I guess you don't obviously land with a gun already. Mm-hmm. You have to basically scavenge for everything. But even that is like, kind of can be fun. Like that, that like early part of the game where you're just like, I need to prepare myself for anything, get a bunch of shields, get a bunch of like, like, I need to get, like, this awesome, like, hammer so that way I can hammer vehicles if a truck comes after me and stuff like that. There's so much, so many moving parts at this point. Anyway, so that's Fortnite. If you haven't played it, it's free. Which is the other wild thing about yep. it. You don't have to spend a dime to have the thing that I'm telling you about. And yet, you still spent money well, because I you want the skins. To, I didn't want to be the default character. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways... So yeah, it's neat. And if you like My Hero Academia, the dude from the, that... They're in there, yeah. Is it, as of yesterday. Is yeah. It, the four, four characters from that show are in the game. Uh, I saw the ad for it. <laughs> you can unlock... I don't know how to pronounce his name. Deku? Deku. Deku. Uh, like, I, I just think of the Deku from Legend of Zelda, so I didn't want to pronounce it wrong. But you the can, Deku tree? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can get, I guess, some right now there's a there's a mission where you can get his, like, I guess his superpower, where basically, like, you go up into the air, and then you can kind of, like, real-time target a dude, and you just go, 
leg and kill him immediately. It's like a one-hit kill. <laughs> it feels so good to do. I don't know anything about the anime, but man, that's fun. <laughs> so, yeah, that's out that in Fortnite right now. So It's fun. I'm going to play more of it. Uh, it's really fun. Honestly, I had a moment in, at work yesterday where I was just in the office thinking, like, I just... I have that like that that college feeling again, where it's like I just want to go home, like drink a soda and just play it, and just then just play it. Honestly, if I had friends that wanted to play with me, I would play. I would play with friends. Like I've just been doing solos, and it's fun. But it's like I could see it being fun multiplayer. It's been a long ass time since I've had the feeling that since this feeling about a game. It's making me feel nostalgic. All right, I really like it. I think it's a good game. Anyway, that's Fortnite. Old man a, gets on the train. Yeah, I, I, have a, I have a skateboard. When I when I when I parachute off of um, uh, off of the the thing, my parachute's not a parachute anymore. It's a skateboard that has like neon like flames coming out of the back of it. I just skateboard down to the to the island. It's it's pretty cool. I also have like a, a moon I can hang off of and like moonshot down if I wanted. Uh, yeah, you guys someone's listening to this and be like. <laughs> Oh my god, this old guy figured out why it's fun. It's fun! <laughs> Fortnite's good. I hate to tell you this, but Fortnite is good. Next thing you tell me you're on TikTok. I am on TikTok. <laughs> hey, sometimes young people are right about things. They're right about TikTok, and they're right about Fortnite. Well, we were young once. <laughs> we still are. Yes. We were also young once as well. Alright, anyways, I can stop talking about it now. Alright, you sure? Uh, yeah. I'm I think you were on like a 20 minute I'm, rant there. I could keep going, but I'm not going to. Yes. Save all your video game talk for end of the year list. We, we already did. Oh, wait. Yeah, right. we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah we did. Do know we already did that. <laughs> we already did our video game yeah, end of the year that. list. You can listen to that. Uh, 100% Fortnite free conversation on um, the podcast feed. Would it have been on your list? No. Okay. No, it wouldn't have been. All right, so let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's move on to television. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's when I talk. Uh, television is our next section. Uh, first, we start, of course, always with Sports Corner. And we have our World Cup update. It's not over yet, but Croatia won third place spot against Morocco. That was this morning. This morning. And tomorrow, of course, we have the big Argentina versus France. Will France win and potentially repeat win the World Cup? Or will Argentina upset them? Um, I am rooting for commercials. <laughs> Wait, no, this isn't Super Bowl. Uh, Argentina, I guess, maybe? Yeah, it would be cool to see an upset there. Yeah. Of course, I was rooting for Morocco, thinking they were the team of destiny. But no. But no. But no. But if you like American football... The Actual Fran- football. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. The San Francisco 49ers will all, are already the first team to clinch their division. Uh, yes, that's because everyone else's division sucks. <laughs> so there you go. Um, even though they are, do not have the best record in the league that goes to the, uh, Eagles, they have clinched a playoff spot, mm-hmm. but they have not clinched their division as the Cowboys are still two games behind them and could catch yeah. them with about three, four, four weeks left now. I see. Yeah. Well, the, the clock is ticking, so there yeah. you go. Um, there should be a lot of cl- division clinchings this weekend. And then into next weekend, which, by the way, NFL plays all their games on Saturday next weekend. Yeah. Because Sunday is Christmas, and there's only two people playing on Christmas Day. So there you go. And moving on to basketball, we have the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Grizzlies are the last teams under 10 losses. So those are your teams that are out ahead yes. right now. Um, 
But yeah, uh, Celtics and Bucks are in the East. Grizzlies are in the West, technically. Yeah. Even though they're like Minnesota. Yeah, which is not really <laughs> very West at all. Yes. Hey, basketball's weird like that. So there you go. Those are the kind of teams of destiny right Those now. are your top teams right now. Yeah. Your Celtics, your Bucks, and your Grizzlies. So there you go. Which Celtics and Bucks were in the um, playoffs semis last year. Right. And the Celtics made it in the finals last year that as well. That's true. So. Like, I think they were both because Celtics versus Bucks in the Eastern yeah, finals. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Meanwhile, in hockey, Alex Ovechkin joins Wayne Gretzky and Gordy Howe as the only players in hockey history, or NHL history, to score 800 goals. And that's actually what I want to look up is, did he get his next goal? Did he beat it, yeah. Because uh, he is literally one away. No, it doesn't look like doesn't it. doesn't look like he did. But no. hey, congratulations. That's rarefied air to be mentioned in the same name as Wayne Gretzky and Gordy Howe. That's like all time right there. So congratulations mm-hmm. to Ovechkin. Uh, yeah, uh, he's one away from passing Gordie Howe. Gordie Howe has 801 goals all mm-hmm. time. Alex Ovechkin hit 800. So one to tie, two to pass. Right. And then he's got about another 90 goals to catch Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we can't all be Wayne Gretzky. All right, anything else in sports that we need to cover before we move on? Uh, nope, that's the big one. All right, let's then move into television news. And the first story actually is a little bit of a crossover with video games. A long-time video game-related show is having quite a shake-up coming next year. So have you been following the news coming out of Japan at all? Uh, Not really. Okay. But I saw this and understood what it was talking about, I guess. So over the past month, two months, um, beginning in September, October? Where are we in? December. Yeah, so like beginning of like uh, in September, October, um, the Pokemon Journey series, which yes. is currently ahead of the U.S. release because right. they release it in Japan first, and then you have to wait two to three months for it to be dubbed into yeah. English. Uh, so, as the Pokemon Journey series was coming to an end, I started watching um, a lot of the sub stuff from Japan just so I could be like up to date on right. what's coming out, and they were going into the finale of journeys with the pokemon masters tournament right yes i knew about this I yes know. and so a lot of the longtime favorite uh pokemon masters who ashes encountered over the past years yeah let's well, yeah 25 years to be specific yes uh all made like a comeback and return and be like yeah i'm your next uh match you gotta face me take me down and he ended up uh, winning uh, for the first time in his career. Uh, <laughs> well, third? That's not true. Yeah, technically three. He won in the Orange Islands. He won in Alola, and yes. then he won this. So hey, not a great batting uh, batting average, but hey, if you're do- if you yes, got but don't them, discount that he also won all the gym battles leading up to that's it. True, that's okay. true. Okay, most battling of them, some of them two or three times. Yes, most of them. <laughs> most yes. of them two or three times. Anyways. So, yes, this is all in lead-up to the big news that was announced yesterday. So, Ash's story will conclude with 11 special episodes next year that will cap off also the current Pokemon Journeys series. These episodes will start rolling out on January 13th in Japan and conclude on March 24th. All of this will make way for a new series starring new protagonists. 
called Liko and Roy, or Rico, likely, when the, um, uh, is what I saw, likely what would the translation will be, yeah. uh, in the Japanese version. Uh, note that we have a female protagonist uh, mm -hmm. as the lead character for the first time. Uh, all of this will make way, uh, oh yeah, sorry, not much is known about these new characters, but they will be accompanied by Pokemon Scarlet and Violet starters Sprigatito, Coco, and Quaxley, and likely this will be a Paldea-centered show, at least mm -hmm. to start, uh, which is, of course, where Scarlet and Violet take place. Yep. I think this is a great idea. Uh, I know that the internet reaction has been the opposite. A lot of people are like, ow, my childhood, oh no, Ash is gonna go away. What am I gonna do without Ash? Oh no, am I old? Guys, calm down. The show has been on for 25 years. Ash has <laughs> had one goal in mind. Be a Pokemon master. So supposedly, these 11 episodes... The Japanese subtitle is aimed to be a Pokemon master. Yes. And it will discuss basically what that encompasses. It's like how he will finally feel settled and become a Pokemon master. Also, it looks like uh, Misty and Brock are confirmed to return yep. in these um, episodes. And even though he has, uh, he won the Galar Championship against Leon, yeah. technically it was the Masters Tournament. Right, it does not so, really. Yeah, so it's more like both the Regional Championship as well as the World Championship. And I think this is a good way to send him out. Like, I will probably... I have not been tuning in lately to the series because I didn't really like Go. So I didn't... I basically was like, nah, I'm not going to see it. So you went. Journeys. I went after <laughs> Go showed up. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. I, but I will probably watch these 11 special episodes. I want to see what they do to end mm -hmm. Ash's story. But I am way more excited about a new blank slate for the show. I want... I don't even want Team Rocket to be back. I want completely, let's, let's start over. New protagonist, new vibe. I want them to take advantage of the changes and not having to be so formulaic like the show had become over the last 25 years. I have watched a lot of Pokemon in the last 25 years. Yes. I think I watched every season up until um, the Diamond and Pearl stuff started. Actually, the I don't even series? Think, I don't even think I finished Advanced. I think I dropped off before the Battle Frontier stuff started. Okay. So that's where I dropped off, like 2007 or so. And then I came back for X and Y. Mm -hmm. I watched all of X and Y. thought that was the best that they had done in a while. And then I watched most of Sun and Moon. And then I dropped off for Journeys. And yeah, I'm like, I'm ready uh, to start with something new. Because it just had gotten so stale for me. Even when they would make subtle changes, the fans would complain and they would change it back. Because Ash would <laughs> always get so close but always yeah. lose in the tournament. And it's just like, I was just not and also, Ash just got to be such a Mickey Mouse character, where he basically had, they sanded off all this personality from the first couple seasons. They also did the same thing whenever he would have uh, people fall, like uh, accompanying him. Like, Misty and Brock had very specific personalities. Mm -hmm. Then, when they introduced, like, May, May didn't have a personality, beyond the first couple episodes. Mm -hmm. She just wanted to do uh, Pokemon contests, that's all she cared about. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't really like... And then it took until, like, they did Serena and X and Y. I was like, okay, she actually has a subplot. They're actually doing something with her. And that was interesting. And then Sun and Moon, I liked how it was an ensemble show. And everybody in the ensemble at the school was, like, interesting in their own ways. And I thought that was cool. But then Go is just as much as a template for, like, nothing as any other character. And they lost me again. I was just like... They're just not interesting characters. So please, please, I'm begging the people who are making this. Make these characters interesting. Have a personality. Maybe the maybe they don't get along. Actually, have some tension. Like that's the thing that was great about Misty and Ash, right? Is that they had tension. Like there's no tension after that. 
It's also one thing that they could go away from, which is it being formulaic, go to the gyms yeah. and do the battling. Yeah. Because like, I capture the strong Pokemon and right. train them. The, that's the There's other thing a lot there. more that you can do, especially Scarlet what they did and, with Scarlet and yeah, Violet. Scarlet and Violet is a great template because there's so much story. There's three stories. There's three different things. You can go into the stuff about Team Star. I think the Team Star stuff is interesting. You could have like episodes that are just about kind of the origins of those characters. Mm-hmm. You could have stuff about the Titans. You have Arvin, which is an interesting character. And his, like, relationship with the professor, like, parent, depending mm-hmm. on the version you play. That's an interesting story. Like, you haven't played the game yet, but trust me, there's a lot they can dig into. Like, and school stuff. There's so much opportunity you can do with the school setting. They already kind of did this with Sun and Moon, but they could even go harder with it here. There's just so many opportunities that Scarlet and Violet offer them. And then on top of that, the rest of the Pokemon world. And so, like, I'm very excited to see them start over. So... You know what? Screw Ash. This is way better. Hey, we'll get his 11 episodes so we can have his 11th birthday. <laughs> or 12th birthday. Technically, he had an 11th birthday. Right, yeah, will he season. throw up? That's another question here. There's a lot of theories about, yes. like, will, will they age him up? Will this be a time jump? There's a lot of questions. Yes. Does Ash and... Do the characters in the original uh, universe exist in this new universe? Is this a complete break? Or is it happening... Will, the there, same time or will there be any reference to the movies that came out? Right. Will Ash finally wake up from the coma? Going forward, will the movies be set in this new uh, timeline or, mm-hmm. or universe or whatever? Or will they keep doing the uh, the, the reset universe that they started in yes. I Choose You? And that's a lot what, of questions. That's kind of like one of the main things that they really couldn't do again is have Ash go to a new <laughs> region yeah. and then Pikachu immediately get beat up by a, fi- right. a level 5 rookie. Again, that's what I'm telling you. This is why it's way, exci- way more exciting to start with a new character mm-hmm. because you could only do that so many times and they did it way too many times. Well, they did it 8 times. Ugh, 9 no. times? Where are we on? No, eight they times? technically didn't because they didn't do Sword and Shield. Remember, Journeys oh, yes. was a weird way to dodge that, mm-hmm. where they were like, eh, we're not really going to uh, Galar. We're going to have a couple episodes in Galar, but, we're, around but we're not the doing world. a Sword and yes. Shield series. I think that was possibly a reaction to the fact that the story in Sword and Shield was like half-baked and barely existed, <laughs> but that's another discussion. Anyways, I'm looking forward to this uh, for the first time in a long-ass time, where I'm like, yeah, no, I'm jazzed to watch Pokemon mm-hmm. again. So... Cool. Like I said, screw Ash. And I can say that I have been watching since day one. So don't well, say I'm a fake fan. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, I, was yes. watching, I watched a syndicated run before it was on Kid WB. <laughs> Take that. Anyways. Yeah, there was some stuff online. Like, wait, someone asked, like, when did it go off of uh, Cartoon Network? And the people had <laughs> to comment, like, it was on somewhere else before Cartoon Network. Dude, yeah. The syndicated run, and then the Kids WB run, yeah. and then the Cartoon Network run, and then the Disney XD run. Yes. And then the Netflix run, which is what we're in right now. Mm-hmm. I imagine this will continue to be on Netflix? Oh, it's uh, unclear? It's unclear, especially with the way Netflix is going. I don't know where it would end up afterwards. Country I have World. no idea. Yeah, honestly, at this point, just do a Country Roll simulcast. Let's, let's just bring it to the anime like parody to everything else, else on anime. Which I is... wouldn't be surprised if they did. Oh, that would be great. Because I would, I would honestly be super happy to get a untouched, like, don't do a stupid walk-off-the-earth theme song again. I'm done. <laughs> Just do, like, I want to hear the original. I want to see a, what hear the original themes. I want to do the original, uh, what are the things that before the ads called uh, in anime? I forget what those, like, splash screen or something. Because right. we lose those in the U.S. Oh, yeah. adaptations. 
I forget what they're called. Anime Nuts, email us and tell us what that is. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Like, There's a name screens. for those. Yeah. I don't remember what it is. I'm not that big of an anime yeah, person. Uh, what we, call, we do have those. They're called Who's That Pokemon? Yeah, exactly. That was what Who's That Pokemon replaced is the original Japanese version mm-hmm. of the same idea. But anyways. Sorry. I talked a lot again. <laughs> but, <laughs> but as yeah, we both... Very passionate about that. Ash yes. was never... Ash is never a good character after the first season. They, but as it. we both know, like, there's one Pokemon that you cannot get away from, and that's probably a Pikachu. Yeah, you, so you gotta catch a Pikachu. Expect a Pikachu within the first episodes of that new Somebody series. was like, oh, are they gonna try to push Pommy <laughs> as the new Pikachu? It's like, oh, she's gonna get a Pommy. I doubt it. Pommy's no. not that cute. No. Pommy's fine. Pikachu is too much everywhere, too iconic with the series. Yeah. There will be a Pikachu yes. in some capacity. Anyways. Let's move on. Yes, let's move to on. To our second story, which is not about Pokemon. It's about HBO Max. Yes, again. We're talking a lot about If we didn't HBO talk Max. about We didn't think we ever talked about enough about HBO Max already. Yes. Just wait. More titles are being removed from HBO Max and shelved, never to be seen again. The latest titles include Raised by Wolves, Head of the Class, and The Time Traveler's Wife, as well as reality shows F-Boy Island, Yes, I'm sorry. No, my F-Boys. Where are you going, F-Boys? going away. <laughs> Legendary and Finding Magic Mike. Two other original scripted series, Westworld and The Nevers, are coming off HBO Max as well. Exceptionally weird here, because Westworld is not a Max show. It is a proper HBO mm-hmm. show. Weird, weird, weird. Meanwhile, the rights to Gordita Chronicles, Love Life, Made for Love, The Garcias, and Minx, which have also all been canceled, are reverting to the producers and studios behind them. Well, that's always nice. All of this comes as the company revealed it took a bigger write-off content and development than it initially expected. You don't say. <laughs> In an SEC filing Wednesday, it noted that this has gone up from $2.5 billion to $3.5 billion, with restructuring and impairment charges related to the Warner Media Discovery merger now costing up to $5.3 billion. So instead of making money doing other things, Zaslav is instead just canceling literally everything in sight, taking the tax money from it, and just hoping that he can make the company profitable faster than, I guess, originally planned. <sighs> it's, uh, again, if you want to hear uh, what our thoughts about Zaslav's moves... Zaslav's acts. <laughs> regarding, yes, and all about his acts, and regarding HBO Max, I recommend check out our wrap-up episode for television. Which, which will be premiering be on Wednesday. This week. So Unless you're listening to this in the future, in which yes. case it's already up right yes. now. Yes, but uh, we go really in-depth on our feelings about how it's an anti-creative move and how it's brutal and all that stuff. But here, I will say, again, you know how we feel about this. It sucks. I'm glad that at least some of the rights are reverting so to the, some of these shows are reverting to the creators so they can shop around to other networks and streaming services to get these shows back on streaming. I hope they do, because it sucks to have your project that you worked for years on. I saw uh, one somebody tweeted, I forget, I, and they didn't specify what they created, but they were like, I've spent the last like two years of my life on this show, and now it's just gone. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine how my boss feels. They've been trying to make this happen for 10 years. So imagine a it, decade of your life just wiped off the face of the earth. It makes me um, kind of like question one this move, because... Does that mean that the IP is still owned by Warner Brothers Discovery? Some of this stuff, yes. But they are, they yes. just are never going to use it. Some of this stuff, no. And that's why they've made it a point, I guess, in the story to point out when that's not the case. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, you had a lot of the people who got their animated shows taken off and saying, like, yeah, Warner owned that shit. 
Like, we can't just, they can't just go, the creators of Infinity Train can't just go to somewhere else and be like, I want to make more Infinity Train. Mm -hmm. They would have to negotiate with Warner to get that right, those rights back. But can Warner say that we own this IP even though they have literally nothing to show for it? Yeah, I guess you can because they can show paperwork that says that they made that deal. They signed that contract. The contract is forever. Uh, until it expires. Uh, until copyright says right. you can have it it's free. Yeah, so it, it's just that when they signed those contracts, they didn't imagine, one, they didn't know there was going to be a corporate takeover, mm -hmm. and two, even if there was, they didn't imagine something like this would happen. Right. So, yeah, it's like... It's a unprecedented thing that we're seeing right now. Like, no company has done this. It's brutal. So, like, if you want, like, just case in point, Raised by Wolves, you yeah. can never watch it anywhere. If theoretically, no, unless somebody, unless that contract ends and they're able to do something about it. it sucks. It sucks. Yeah, but sucks. then you can't just come over and be like, hey, Amazon, I want to make Raised by Wolves. No, I don't think you can. Not right now. Can you say, like, raised by puppies? <laughs> raised by foxes. Yeah, yeah, there we go. It was like the spiritual, like, continuation of Raised by Wolves. Yeah, it's... it's... Even though where we're going to start, you have no idea what's happening because you can't watch the previous yeah. three seasons that Completely took place unrelated. on HBO Max. Trust me. Completely. You don't know. You don't know what it is. No one, no one knows. Right. Anyway, so, yeah, that's HBO Max. This will continue happening. And, uh, yeah, it's just not fun to watch. Well, it has been fun to watch, though. Yes. What a segue. Is a couple of stuff on HBO Max. Ironically enough. Until it's uh, no longer on there. <laughs> yeah, we'll see, right? It's clock is ticking. Yes. The White Lotus yeah. uh, had its finale on Sunday, and I enjoyed season two a lot more than uh, by the end than I did season one. All right. Uh, while season one was a lot about money and power and, and power dynamics within couples, uh, season two was all about sex and sex exploration and sex being dominated. <laughs> In a foreign country. Ah, that's neat. Uh, lots of sex. Lots of sexy, sexy stuff. Um, fun. Uh, it's also dealing with like a different class of people. While season one kind of dealt with millionaires, multi-millionaires. Mm -hmm. Season two, a bit of an upper echelon of like super millionaires and almost into billionaire territory. Kind of similar to what we saw with Ryan Johnson's uh, sequel to Knives Out, Glass yes. Onion, which did something similar. Yes, which was, that was also millionaires in their own right into... <laughs> yeah, up the stakes. Up the stakes of, like, asshole billionaires. Yeah. Or, sorry, uh, shoothead billionaires. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely up the stakes. Uh, definitely ups a lot of the mystery and intrigue. Also, if these people would just talk to each other and be honest, all this would be like swept under the rug. But no, even uh, <laughs> rich billionaire assholes like want to keep their secrets and like have their cake and eat it too, and oh. like do the things that they just want to do because they have money and power, and <laughs> like they feel like they can get away with stuff. And it's like, uh, you know, so, uh, sometimes a fine is just a uh, <laughs> uh, a barrier of entry for some people. <laughs> Uh, now I understand somebody died. Oh yes, someone died. Mm -hmm. uh, so was it who you thought? No, and that's kind of the good thing about this intrigue is that mm -hmm. in the very first episode they set up that uh, someone has died. There's a body floating yes. in the water in the ocean, and so the whole series you're trying to figure out: well, who died? Who's got one either the least connections or the most intent to have 
them killed mm-hmm. and it definitely keeps that open through the whole series which i do like it was constantly a switch back and forth um, not necessarily red herrings but definitely more motives especially yeah. as money and power and sex it's like evolved. we're gonna give you so much information that you're not going to know exactly what's important what's not yeah, yeah. in the end it's all important for their own personal sure. reasons yeah but um a lot of it like you can like see one way or the other like tip, like oh, like that could tip to yeah. murdering someone. That could tip to like <laughs> wanting you to kill someone. Yeah, yeah, neat. But super fun. Uh, expect this to be up for the Emmys again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge once again. You steal the show. Yes, I mean that's why you hire her. Yes, that's why you get her. But you also watched a more of a special. I did. I also wanted to see if you watched. Yeah, this. I, I had plans and we did not get to it. But uh, yes. So, uh, Disney and ABC uh, put up Beauty and the Beast, colon, a 30th celebration. Yeah. Which, obviously, if you know anything about Beauty and the Beast, missed that 30th celebration mark by a couple yeah, years. Yeah, by <laughs> a year. Uh, it was a 91 movie. But, yeah, uh, they're more or less accurate. <laughs> yeah. So, as they say, a 30th celebration, I don't think it's necessarily for the movie, but more so for the stage play. Yes, uh, because I believe that did premiere in a 92. So yeah, yeah, so it'll be a 30th celebration for the stage play, which takes place in from the movie. But they seem to roll in the movie here as well. Oh, they do this really interesting thing that I um, I think only Disney could try to get away with. Yeah. One, because they own it. Uh, two, because they have the actual history and archival footage of it. Yeah. Which... Is that they combine elements from the animated film, elements from the drawings, from the pre-renders of uh-huh. it, as well as from the stage play okay. into it. That's cool. The opening shot of Belle is a one take with uh-huh. her, um, who plays Belle, her, the uh, singer, songwriter, actor, now actress, um, yeah, uh, plays Belle. Who you can't think of her name. <laughs> no, it's her. Oh, her. I didn't know it was her. Yeah, it's her. Oh, it's her. Yeah, H E R. H E L R. Her. Okay. Her. Yeah. Who? Her. Her. Her plays Bell. Her. Yeah. Her. She plays Bell. Anyways. Anyways. Yeah. It opens with a really great, like, long take that transitions from the lot of Disney's animation studios where Beauty the Beast was drawn. She was a lot of the original sketches well, of it. Uh-huh. Some of it. Most of it. <laughs> was, uh, was conceived. Yeah. Um, most of it. And then, like, transitions in this one take from the lot, from there, from that lot, to an actual, like, stage lot, where the rest and most of the musical acts are performed in front of a live audience nice. for this. And when it's not doing a live audience, it transitions into a lot of that animatics, a lot of the actual animation from the original Beauty and the Beast. And it's just really weird and interesting combination of both the animated film and the live action, as well as um, the different actors that they have playing it. There's a bunch of like new like one-off jokes in there, but I think they do that anyways for like the stage play productions mm-hmm. of like, oh, knockoff joke here, knockoff joke there. Josh Groban is the Beast. If you want a deep voice, you get Josh Groban. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but that is kind of the weirdest thing, is that because you can't have the actual like animated version of the Beast, they transition from the animated version of the Beast to the live-action version. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that's a really strange take <laughs> there. But, like I said, 
they're trying to combine elements from the stage play. Right. It's really interesting what they do. It's really unique. Uh, very fascinating, especially you as a fan of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Would really like this. No, I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, they did something similar with the uh, Little Mermaid a couple of years back. I, well, with Halle Bailey? No, before no, that. No, before that. They, no, how they, is the thing coming out? They basically had like some live action performers uh, in front of basically footage of the film. Right. Uh, so this is taking that concept, but you're right, adding kind of, another layer to yeah, it. Yeah, it's definitely ratcheting it up, adding yeah. more layers to it. Yeah, I'll, I'll check this out. It seems like a fun time. I like Beauty and the Beast a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a nice celebration. Commemorating 30 years. Man, makes me feel old. Well, it's not Ash Catcher with 25 bucks made you feel old. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no. What are you going to do? Anyways, Anyways uh, while that was live uh, this past weekend, well, live, taped to live, <laughs> uh, it's available on Disney Plus. And Hulu. And Hulu. Yeah. So yeah, you can check it out from there. But in the meantime, that's all our thoughts for the week, so let's move on to cancellations and renewals. What am I no longer watching? Apple TV Plus is bringing back Fraggle Rock back to the rock for a second season. But here are the HBO Max cuts we talked about. Bing, bing, Minx bing. canceled after one season. Love Life canceled after two seasons. The Nevers canceled after one season. Uh, sort of, though, renewed for a third season. So what, what was? Sort of. Really? Yeah. Sort Maybe? Of. Sort, sort of. of. Okay. Anyways. Dangerous Liaisons, the series, canceled after one season on Stars. Too dangerous, I guess. Sanditon, or as Christy calls it, Sandition. Uh, well, that was third and final season. Wait, on is PBS. it not Sandition? No, it's Sanditon. No, it's Sandition. No, it's Sanditon. The hell? <laughs> yeah, we we watched uh, a little bit of season one, and it's Sanditon. I thought it was Sandition. It's based off an unfinished um, uh, what's her name novel, the the uh, 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 Pride Prejudice author. Uh, Jane Eyre. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's a book. That's a different book by somebody else. By Jane Austen. Jane Austen. Thank you. Uh, yeah, un- unfinished Jane Austen novel. Sanditon, not Sandition. Okay. Step Up, the series, canceled after three seasons on Stars. That was also previously a YouTube TV series. Yeah. Oh, Warrior Nun, canceled after two seasons on Netflix. Yes. Uh, Lego Masters will get a fourth season on Fox. It will also get a specific holiday season as well. Yeah. Sure, why not? The Sex Lives of College Girls will get a third season on HBO Max. We'll probably go to a fourth season, at which point they will have to graduate them. Yeah, I mean, you'd think. Unless they go to super seniors. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, did, I did the five-year plan. Uh, the Satan... The, <laughs> what a typo. The Santa Clauses. Is that not, not what it is? Not the Satan Clauses. Oh. Which is what you wrote. <laughs> it's a great typo. I love that. The, Sa- <laughs> the Santa Clauses will get a second season on Disney Plus. I'm assuming next Christmas. Uh, so does that mean I have to watch the first no, season? No, it does not mean you have to watch it. Yellow Jackets. No, no, does that mean the first season will not have like a conclusive like Maybe end not. to it? Then Maybe they won't. If they're Who doing can season say? two. Who can say? Like, I've been watching it. T- t- the last shot will be Tim Allen falls off the roof. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Yellow Jackets will get a third season on Showtime. Sort of. I already said. <laughs> Shantaram or Shantaram canceled after one season on Apple TV Plus. Oh, thank God. Blockbuster canceled after one season on Netflix. People listen to me. The death of Blockbuster again. It sucked. <laughs> now we have some deaths to get through here. Stuart Margolin, age 82. Actor was in the Rockford Files, Death Wish, Fred Maverick, Emmy winner back in 1979 and 1980. For the Rockford Files. Yes, that makes sense. Next up. 
Stephen Twitch Boss, age 40, dancer. Danced in So You Think You Can Dance, the Ellen DeGeneres show, and was an actor in Step Up. Christy had to tell me that apparently, yeah, he was like the dancer on the Ellen show. Uh, he was the DJ. Yeah, DJ on well. the Ellen show. But before, but that's all. Like everyone, like on the news, like said, like the DJ from the Ellen show died, and right. I was like, no, that was the guy from So 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 You well, Can Dance for like the longest time. He can be two things. Well, he was both. Yes. Yes. But yeah, no, I back when So You Think You Dance was like in its like second or third season, I would watch it. Yeah. And, yeah, Twitch was the dancer that like everyone was like, yeah, that guy's like the best, and he eventually would come back and like be the mentor for the new new crop new yeah. class well it's sad to see him go so young geez 40 and the dancers are usually fairly healthy so i don't know what happened here. suicide oh oof, ouch that sucks so uh yeah i guess condolences to the family and friends that's a rough way uh, yep. to go out it will be missed i'm sure next up mike leach age 61 college football coach yes okay uh texas tech washington state mississippi state two times national coach of the year three times conference coach of the year and the mastermind behind the NCAA record-setting air raid offense. Yeah, sound the alarms. It's the air raid offense. Ah, okay. Uh, this is basically the zero huddle, all shotgun approach. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. That would, so, yeah, that would do it. What, that, what the air raid offense is, is essentially that. You have two receivers on both sides, shotgun with the running back, and just send them all out. And then you complete the pass. You run up to the line and you do another play. You run up to the line and you do another play. You run up to the line and do another play. It's a way to come back after like a point deficit and you tire out the defense that way because you're not making substitutions, meaning the defense cannot make substitutions. Oh, I see. So that's the air. That's why it's the, the air raid offense because you just constantly throw the ball and just march down the field in 40 seconds to score. While it was adopted in um, college, you see a lot of NFL teams take on that now. Especially a look at uh, Patrick Mahomes and what he's doing there with Kansas City. Same kind of offense. Um, even the, the current Super Bowl champions. Yes, still current Super Bowl champions. Still, otherwise said, uh, okay. Los Angeles Rams. Right. Uh, Sean McVay adopted a setting of this as well. Okay. Um, a lot of people, a lot of coaches point to Mike Leach mm-hmm. being like the record setting of it. Well, there you go. Funny enough. He was not a player or a coach. He was oh. technically a lawyer. Oh, weird. Okay. And then, like, decided he never wanted to be a lawyer anymore and wanted to be a college coach. Hey, you know what? Sometimes the best ideas come from an outside source. Yep. In everything. So. Want to know how outside source it was? He had to go to Finland <laughs> to be a head coach. Oh, weird. Win in Finland <laughs> to come back uh-huh. to be a college head coach. That's, wow. That's, that's elaborate. Uh, he also was known for a lot of different um, mannerisms. Uh, if you ever like have a time on YouTube, look up Mike Leach speeches. Okay, and you will have just the time of your life. <laughs> it's like, very philosophical. That sounds like a character. Yes. All right. Well, he'll be missed. He will definitely is, be missed. Sixty-one is young too. Let's it be is. real. And I, yeah, that's a sad one. So yeah, there you go. All right, let's move on to our last section of the show, which is movies. We start the movie section with weekend box office numbers. Uh, people aren't seeing that many movies, but if they're seeing it, it's still Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, as that is your number one movie again this week. Until this weekend. Yeah, $11.2 million. That's at 409 domestic. Mm-hmm. Number two, Violet Knight, another $8.7 million, adding to a $26 million total. Number three, Strange World, chipping away again, $3.7 million. That's only at 30 
The menu is number four with $2.7 million. That's at 29. And rounding up your top five, Devotion with another $2 million. That's at 17. If all that sounds familiar, that's because nothing in the top five changed. Mm, no, that's been a while since that's happened. But it will change next week as you have all of your end-of-the-year Christmas releases kind of put, coming out all at once, three of them. Yes. First, we have the DreamWorks film Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. That is your big family push this week. Technically, that comes out on Wednesday, but yeah. it's the family it's push. Christmas, you know. Babylon, that is the next Damien Chazelle, a big Oscar bait film. Yes. It's also three hours, hours long. long, which is too long. Yes, I'm, it's the party in L.A. Yeah. I'm interested to see... That's not Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested to see the reaction to this, because can he pull it off again? Do people care? Or will this be an Amsterdam moment where it turns out nobody actually... Does? I was going to say, if you put the trailers and intersplice between Babylon and Amsterdam, you but cannot yeah, tell which one is which. <laughs> they're both films that, have, that are way too long and have a big star-studded cast that I don't know are getting anybody talking about them. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Is maybe Lightning won't strike twice for Mr. Chazelle. But three times, I guess. Maybe. Whiplash uh, was number one, I guess. Yes. Um, then lastly, if you like Whitney Houston, well, her biopic, I Want to Dance with Somebody, is out this week. As you can't just say it like that. I want to dance with someone. Oh. Sorry. I want to dance with somebody. There you go. Yes. So yeah, that's out this week as well. So there you go. Those are your new releases. Unless you're going to go see Avatar. Yeah, unless you're going to see Avatar. It's out. We did not see it this week. We will make, likely talk about it next week yes so look forward to that all right well no one outside of maybe james cameron has had a wild as a, as wild of a week as henry cavill first thing that happened to henry this week after being replaced in the witcher season three on netflix the actor is now also being replaced as the dceu superman dc studios co-head james gunn has announced he is writing a new feature film about Superman, but also revealed that Henry Cavill will not return. Quote, Peter and I have a DC slate ready to go, which we couldn't be more over the moon about. We'll be able to share some exciting information about our first projects at the beginning of the new year. That's what the director-turned-label chief tweeted Wednesday evening. Additionally, Variety sources said the new gun project will not replace the previously announced J.J. Abrams, uh, Ta-Nishi Ta Coates' Superman concept, which is still in active development. Mm -hmm. As for the actor, Amazon Studios has made it official, confirming that it has secured global rights to the Warhammer 40k game series from Games Workshop for Henry Cavill to star in and executive produce the franchise across all of Amazon Studios' productions. The agreement encompasses rights to the universe across TV series, film, and likely games and animation. There's already a lot of Warhammer games coming out, mm -hmm. so it'll be interesting to see Henry Cavill plastered all over them. Um, this also coincides with something I told you off podcast, that apparently some stuff has leaked about like how he acts on sets. Yes. And apparently he's pretty insufferable, <laughs> which shouldn't surprise you. He definitely seems like he could come off that way. What do you feel about James Gunn immediately being like, eh, I don't really like Cavill Superman, let's bring somebody else in. I don't think it's so much that he doesn't like Henry Cavill Superman. I think it's more that the Superman in the DCEU needs to be a blank slate. Yeah. Especially since Black Adam, which you can now watch on HBO Max, yeah. has a post credit scene which has Henry Cavill in the Superman suit yes. meeting with uh, Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam. Speaking of which... Did you see The Rock unfollow everyone? That yes. it looks like The Rock has uh, unceremoniously cut ties with uh, the DC stuff. But also, 
what also coincided with this, apparently there were a couple of, um, uh, there was a Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot um, cameo that was planned for the upcoming The Flash. Yes. That has also been cut. So those cameos will not appear in that version of the film, meaning that James Gunn is like, no, like we're starting over, which means that even this planned Flash movie is going to mm-hmm. be our new continuity. We don't want it related to the old continuity. We're like blank slating. I don't know if they want it related to the old continuity. I think they just don't want to pay Henry Cavill right, anything. Or Gal Gadot. Or Gal Gadot. This also goes with that yes. they canceled the upcoming third Wonder Woman film. That yes. will no longer be happening. So yeah, complete reset. Which is smart. It's the way to do it. Yep. Remove all the bad word of mouth from all the movies that nobody liked, such as Black Adam, mm-hmm. uh, and just start over. I think it's the best possible thing James Gunn could do. And guys, Henry Cavill will be fine. I don't know why so many people have to feel like they had to stand up for him this week and be like, oh, the poor guy, he wanted to be Superman, he loves Superman so much. Dude, he's fine. He'll find other projects to work with, including this Warhammer 40k deal. Yeah. I, a lot of people like immediately said, like, now that he's out of Superman, can we give him James Bond? Uh, <laughs> like, oh, but is he uh, no. older? Doesn't want to go younger than that? No, no. Yeah, no. You can't lock Henry Cavill for a 10-year deal as yeah. Bond. I don't think he'll do it. I don't think so either. No, this is fine. He'll be fine. Yeah. He'll be fine. Anyways. And so will um, DCEU, maybe? Maybe. We'll see, actually. We'll see what James Gunn does with it. I'm sure they have a plan. But until next year, we won't know what said plan is. We'll see what the details are soon. But in the meantime, the National Film Registry also has a plan. They add, every year, 25 motion pictures that are at least 10 years old register as culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. And every 10 years, not every 10 years, and every year, we give you said list. Indeed. Well, Turner Classic Movies will host a television special on December 27th at 8 Eastern to screen a selection of motion pictures named to the registry this year. This year's selection date back 124 years with 1898's Mardi Gras Carnival and include entries as recent as Reed D's 2011 indie film, Pariah. Among 2022's choices, at least 15 films were directed or co-directed by filmmakers of color, women, or LGBTQ plus filmmakers. The 25 films include Mardi Gras Carnival, like I said, from 1898, mm-hmm. Cab Calloway Home Movies from 1948 to 1951, Cyrano de Bergerac from 1950, Charade from 1963, Scorpio Rising, also from 1963, Behind Every Good Man from 1967, Titicut Follies, Titicut Follies, yeah, it's hard to say, from 1967, Mingus from 1968, Manzanar from 1971, Betty Tells Her Story from 1972, Superfly from 1972. Not the 2020 reboot. No. Attica, Attica, four Carrie from 1976. Yes, that Carrie. Union Maids from 1976. Word is Out: Colon Stories of Our Lives from 1977. Bush Mama from 1979. The Ballad of Gregorio Cortez from 1982. Itam Hakim Hoplet from 1984. Hairspray from 1988. Yes, that hairspray. The Little Mermaid from 1989. Hey, Tones United from 1989. When Harry Met Sally from 1989, House Party from 1990, Iron Man from 2008, yes, and Pariah from 2011. So yes, that Iron Man, yeah, in the National Good Film picks. Registry. Good picks. Uh, and yes, that When Harry Met Sally. I like uh, having Little Mermaid and Iron Man here. Uh, I don't think Iron Man is that great of a movie, but what they culturally had in was is because they're culturally important because yes. they both kind of started a run of films. 
that were very important yep. for movies and changed how movies were made, largely. So, good picks. Uh, Carrie, also good pick. Attica, yes. good pick. Superfly. Yep. House Party. Very good. Yeah, like, real out-of-left-field choices I wouldn't have thought of, but hey, that's why it's not my job. <laughs> so, good job, National Film Registry. Yes. All right, let's move on. You have some movie thoughts. You watch some film. Oh, where do I start? No, yeah, really, where do I, I start? I don't know. Where are you start? I got three films to talk about, because I did a bit of the catch-up as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll start there then. Yeah, start with ketchup. We'll start with the ketchup. And that so let's is just ketchup. Uh, bullet Train. Yeah, Bullet Train. Uh, this is the Brad Pitt Bullet Train action John Wick-alike. Yes, but it's also the remake of yes. Bullet Train of the original film. Right. Just uh, Americanized? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this is a weird movie. <laughs> I haven't Bye decided bye-bye. yet if it's weird good or weird bad. Because... <laughs> Every person in this film, like all the main characters, have interconnected within the, the characters' lives. And they do a lot of flashbacks. And okay. they're like, yeah, this flashback isn't just a one-off. It's actually connected with this other character as well. Mm. But we're also to this other character. And it's kind of like the most unhappened stance of circumstances <laughs> that all these characters who've had intersecting lives all meet on this train chasing this one briefcase. I like that it's all interconnected like that. I just think it happens to be one too many, like, co-happenstance circumstances for them all to be in this film, in this <laughs> bullet train. Right, will. right. It's... The action's good. I just know that the story is like, yeah, you have maybe one too many coincidences here. Mm, okay. Uh, but the action's good. A lot of, a lot of the fight sequences... Brad Pitt it does a good, oh, um, I'm Brad Pitt. Why am I in this bad luck situation? <laughs> um, but it's fine. Like, a lot of the action's pretty good, but it's just the roundabout way of making sure everyone is at somehow connected to everyone else is where it's like, yeah, it really feels you're kind of trying to shoehorn a lot of that plot yeah. in here just to have additional backstory of, why X person hates Y person. Yeah. Or why um, X person is chasing B character over here. But say I just watched the trailer and I'm like, man, I do want to watch Brad Pitt beat people up on a train. You get that. Oh, you definitely get that, yeah. <laughs> Interspliced with, like I said, a lot of yeah. like quick cuts and flashbacks. And it does a lot in the first 30 minutes to try and give you as much backstory of your main character as possible. Mm-hmm. But even then... By the end, it's like, oh, by the way, here's some more backstory as well for these other characters. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot for a movie. Yeah. I don't know how this compares to the original one, but I feel like they tried to do a lot more here of making things more connected than they needed to. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. But now let's get to some more recent movies. Yeah. Um, let's go with an Oscar contender. Okay. Because the actors in this, yeah, uh, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, yeah. recently won the actors for the Gotham Spirit Awards. Right. Which we didn't talk about here on the podcast. They happened. Um, also, Everything Ever All at Once won for Best Film. Right. Chuck that up. One win there <laughs> on the list. We'll get into it. We haven't recorded that wrap-up episode yet. Yes. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Uh, but... Banshees of Insurin actually won for Best Original Screenplay during that night as okay. well. 
So I say check it out. It's available on HBO Max right now. Okay. Uh, so if you have that, you can watch the Banshee Adventures, and it is a funny dark comedy, and I was not expecting that going into it. Okay. The basic premise is that your two main characters, one of them just straight up decides one day, I don't like the, my best friend. I don't <laughs> want to talk to him anymore. Okay. <laughs> and so that's Brendan Gleeson's character. And so Colin Farrell through it is like, well, why don't you like me anymore? Did I do something wrong? Uh, also, there's a lot of uh, fecking in this. Oh, as you would what we expect. Yes. A lot of, a lot of fecking in this film. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just Colin Farrell's character basically like trying to figure out why his best friend is no longer his best friend. It's also a film about um, being lonely. Um, not just in your own life, but also like what you want to leave behind when, um, like, if you're that lonely. Mm-hmm. Like, do you just want to have the rest of your days wasting away at a bar just telling about the glory days or like stories of like your or do you want to create something to leave behind? To create something to further like your legacy? And do you do that just by doing the same thing over and over again? Or do you like try and like break away from that in order to like be creative? Mm-hmm. But it's Colin Farrell trying to hold on to that aspect of his life of like I like my life. Like why can't you all just like be like me and continue on with your life? Why do you have to try and be something different? Why do you want, like, it's a weird, interesting, like, dynamic of Colin Farrell trying to hold on to everybody around him while everyone else is trying to, not necessarily, like, move on from the island, but trying to better themselves, trying to do more than just what takes place on their island. Okay. It's a really fun and fascinating film. Okay. No real wrong person here, except for one person who starts mutilating themselves. I'm like, maybe uh, you went too far there. <laughs> maybe just a little bit. Maybe a little bit. A little bit. Uh, but it's done in such a nonchalant and humorous way that it's like, I do question if they did go a little bit too far there at times. But it's also like the character following through on a promise. So it's like, okay, maybe like, at what point will it get through Colin Farrell's like <laughs> thick head that... Like, listen to me. Like, yeah. Because that's Colin Farrell's big thing is that he doesn't listen to anyone. He lives in his own world and uh-huh. wants everyone else to live in his own world, even though there's a lot of other stuff going on outside of his own little yeah. world. So, uh, how much of a chance do you think this has in the Oscar screenplay race here? Uh, I like the writing a lot. All right. A lot of quick paced, fast dialogue. A lot of it feels natural as well. And a lot of it is like, Two people, two best friends, bantering yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Uh, and Colin Farrell just says a great yeah, job we, here. Yeah, we wouldn't know anything about that. No. No, not, not a thing. No, no, not at all. But yeah, Colin Farrell <laughs> does a great job in this thing. I do expect him to get nominated. All right. Uh, I'm looking forward to his, like, his name everywhere. I hope he can keep the momentum up. Because he does a really good job in this. Great. Awesome. Well, that sounds good. I might check this out. I do suggest you check this out. I don't know if it's out. a Christy thing, so I might just watch this myself. But... Well, I, do. I know it's not a doctor thing. <laughs> so that's why I watched it on my own. Yeah, I don't know. I always forget which, which Colin she likes. She likes Colin Firth, not Farrell. Right. So. Yes. <laughs> she likes Wrong the... Colin, unfortunately, for her. Yes. But anyway. <laughs> anyway, what about the third thing? This is a seasonal film that you yes. watched. Oh, by the way, uh, if you want to make it uh, in the Banshees of Interim a companion piece, oh, 
uh, watch In Bruges before you watch Banshees of Inisherin because they are both star in both of them. I have never seen In Bruges. Oh, in you Bruges. should watch In Bruges. Yeah, Bruges. I've never seen it. It's a great like like future companion piece of like here's where they were like 20 years ago and like yeah if they continued that said friendship here's how they would be now yeah, all right well maybe if i have time for that kind of thing yes when i'm not getting victory victory pronounced <laughs> anyways okay like i said the third thing you watch is a seasonal thing this is new this year yes this is new this year technically it came out last month but technically um, it takes place uh, four years ago yes uh and also technically it takes place in like a week from now yes because uh, this is <laughs> all at once somehow. Yes, everything is all at once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a Christmas story, Christmas. Right. The uh, not to be confused with a Christmas story two, official sequel, <laughs> which came out in 2012. And by the way, it's not an official sequel. I'll never recognize yeah, an official no. sequel. Doesn't Sorry, none of the original actors of the official sequel. So therefore, it's not a present. Okay. Wow. Well, okay. All right. Sorry. Um, went into a lot of this uh, last night. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet. Uh, while watching this. But anyways, my understanding about this, this is basically they take an aged up version of Ralphie from the first film. And it's basically years after the events of the first film. No. No? No. They take actual Ralphie That's what I'm talking about. from the first film. That's what I mean. An aged up as in like current day. As in the same actor. Right, yes. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Playing the same character Correct. 40 years later. Correct. As well as all his friends aged up living in the same town yeah. as well uh i guess that's the one thing that is very unbelievable is that like your schoolyard friends one you still keep it right and two, that doesn't make any sense. they all like still live in the town yeah like, mm, over christmas no one moved away all well right. ralph is the only one who moved away but uh, he comes back, back because inciting incident of course right uh so yeah it's a really good companion piece. I'm surprised how much I actually liked it. All right, that's. Funny. I think a lot of it stems from watching a Christmas story every year and having oh yeah, having that, knowing that by like the back of your hand. Yeah, yeah, and like all the like the jokes, the dialogue, the gags. I think if you're like watching a Christmas story first and then you jump into a Christmas story Christmas, <laughs> you may lose a lot of that. Like, oh, they're just they. It feels like they're redoing a lot beat of the for jokes. Beat, oh, oh yeah, kind of. Except it's not. It's okay. not beat for beat. It's all reimagined stuff. Mm. A lot of the shots are very similar because they're meant to harken back to uh, the original film. Sure. But they are specifically not beat for beat. They are, here's the same shot, but the same shot aged up. Right. And I'm sure they have to change a lot of the cultural jokes because it takes place in the 80s this time. Yes. And so it's a completely different cultural thing. So it's not jokes about Ovaltine anymore. Right. Or leg lamps. No, it's a uh, jokes about easy bake ovens. Sure, yes, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, but one thing that a Christmas story Christmas gets right that eight bit Christmas, which came out last oh, year, right. yeah. got wrong, is that the story is for eight bit Christmas is about the kid doing everything he can to the get Nintendo. the Nintendo. Yeah, whereas a Christmas story Christmas isn't about a specific item, much like a Christmas story was about. The BB gun. The BB gun. The right. red rifle BB gun. Yeah. Because in the Christmas story, even though that's what he wants, he never like actively pursues to try and get it himself. <laughs> it's always ask for, for Santa, ask my parents. <laughs> yeah. What can I do? And not like um, Jingle All the Way, which is what can I right. do to get the toy right. for my kid? Uh, what a Christmas story Christmas does, right, is that it's about the spirit of Christmas, which is what a Christmas story was spiritually about it's the joy of christmas from a kid's perspective 
And so A Christmas Story Christmas is about the Christmas, a Christmas story being told from the parents' perspective on the length the parents will go to to make sure their kids have mm. the best Christmas. Oh, that's fun. And then it just tears me up at the end. Oh, well. It does, it does a lot of the things right. I mean, a lot of the story bits is like, oh, like I see where you're going yeah. here. And then it does that just up to the point to where it gets too repetitive and it immediately switches to now we're just going to gut punch you with mm. like how we're going to make this our own. Right. And it definitely makes it their own. Okay. That's good. It was so good that I cried. It was so good that it did the thing that it's supposed to do, which is makes you immediately want to put on the original, original one. Now, is the original one on streaming? So Christy's never seen it. So both of them are on HBO Max. Okay, good. Good to know. Because, yeah, now. I'm going to put her in front of that. I don't know if she'll love it but because she doesn't have the nostalgia for it. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I want to see what her take is in a modern lens, what she thinks of the original. Right, and my lens may be skewed because right. we've, we've, watched, it we've so watched it for the past 10 years because on TBS. We're from, yeah, we're from the generation where TBS did that 24 uh, hours American story every year, and you had to watch it at least once. Yeah, so watching A Christmas Story Christmas, right? it does harken back to all those fond memories okay. of watching it. So like, if you watched the first one, you don't like, it doesn't like grab you. Maybe the second one's not going to yeah, be as good. It seems like it's crucial to have that attachment to it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad it's successful, though. I'm glad it does what it needed to do. It's a lot... It's very similar to like the Hocus Pocus 2. Right. Except Hocus Pocus 2 very much harkens beat for beat back to Hocus Pocus 1. Right. Whereas Christmas Story is definitely its own story and does enough to make sure that it's its own story. That's good. While also framing it in the lens of if you like a Christmas story... There's a lot of beats and moments and framing that is supposed to make you harken back in those feelings mm-hmm. of watching A Christmas Story. Okay. Well, sounds like that's a good time. Uh, so that's good to know. Because uh, I was worried. I was like, is that going to work? Like, but yeah, Yes, there, there was a big worry. Of, yeah. Is this going to be just a cash grab? Is, how are I they mean, going to do it yeah. with the characters aged that's up? That's the thing when you live in this reboot generation. Is Honestly, it's a coin flip every time one of these things comes out. It's like, is this going to work? Yeah. Flip a coin and find out. That's so how it feels sometimes. But every time there's one that works, it's good to hear. All this right. Is, and a Christmas Story Christmas is cool. one that definitely works. So HBO Max for that one. Yes. All right, cool. Anything else uh, movie-wise before we wrap up? Um, yes. Yes? No. Sorry. Uh, Avatar. <laughs> Wave of Water. Next week. We'll be next week. Uh, I yes, uh, wait currently have line. a plan to watch it. I have heard extremely week. mixed takes. I, for every time I'm like, somebody's like, oh, this was amazing. Definitely reason to go to theaters. You have to see it. I've also seen a, what the hell are they doing? The story's even worse this time. What What is this thing? Right. I don't know who to believe. I don't know where I'm at. So this is definitely seems like this is going to be a, you have to experience it for yourself to make that, like, make that decision. Yeah, so I'm debate. So currently, my debate is: Do I just watch it in standard? Do I watch it in 3D? I think, or do I go to the IMAX 3D for like the best experience? My opinion is: If you're going to go to a theater to see it, just go all the way. That's my take. That's because if you're going to, you might as well. That's how I. That's the thing I did with the first Avatar. Is like if I'm going to see this, I'm going to see this all the way and then make my choice. I actually ended up seeing it twice, I believe. I saw it regular 3D and I saw it IMAX 3D, uh, just to see. Uh, what it would be like so yeah uh, if you're gonna do it i think you just gotta do it because when else are you gonna do it again 
yeah, it's one of those things where I'm trying to get uh, my doctor to yeah. watch the first one with me, which is on yes. Disney Plus. Christy also has not seen Avatar one. Yes, <laughs> I don't know how she missed it, but I'm not gonna sit her in front of that one. I don't well, she wants to just to like watch sure. it, and be like, okay, like, yeah, but I gotta put it in the right frame, context. right context of it's like context. Yeah, like this was 2009. Yeah, like Iron Man had just come out. Right, yeah, Let's people see. were still hyped on like Three the baby. Dark Knight. The Dark yeah, Knight. That too, yeah. I think Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. The Dark Knight. Dark Knight. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about Avatar. Uh, that first movie was a cool experience to see in theaters. I liked it at the time. Every subsequent time I saw it, I didn't. I liked it less and less. That's what I have to say about Avatar. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I should say they like visually stunning. Yeah. Worth an experience. Roller coaster ride. But. But is there a story Is there, there a story? Is the question. And that remains to be seen for the sequel as well. Yes. All right. But then again. As with the first one, mm-hmm. did it have to have an original story? Yeah, yes, is my opinion. <laughs> it did, and it failed to have one. All right, All but right. we do not fail on giving you yes. a two-hour podcast. No, uh, almost. Thank you for joining us this week on the Media Boat Podcast. We'll be back very soon. As we mentioned earlier in the show, our year-end wrap-up series is in the works as we speak. We've already delivered two out of the four episodes planned for the month of December for you, so mm-hmm. you've already heard our lists for our favorite music, our favorite albums of the year, as well as yep. our b- biggest stories and music news of the year. And you've also heard the year in video games and our favorite video games of the year. This Wednesday, we will be giving you our episode on television, the favorite television shows of the year. And then we'll wrap it up next week with our movies uh, episode, where we might talk about Avatar, but probably not. And then our last final end of the year wrap up on the 31st, where we will ta- recap the year that was and give you a preview of year to come. All of that and also a regular episode of our show on Saturday morning. So look forward to that. You can watch our videos of our regular shows on YouTube. You go to your YouTube channel, Media Boat Podcast. If you search that, you'll find us. Like, subscribe, comment, click the bell for notifications when we go live. You can also find us on our uh, traditional podcast feed. That's where you can find the year and wrap up feeds. If you want to listen to those episodes, Go to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, anywhere you listen to uh, uh, podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere. Search Mediable Podcasts and you'll find us there. You can also email us if you have questions, comments, any feedback you want to give us. Podcast at gmail.com is the location for that. And on social media, we're on uh, MediaBoatCast on Twitter, Podcast on Facebook if you search that, find our page, and elsewhere, I'm sure. So that will do it. Thank you for joining us for this chilly, chilly winter episode. And we'll be back for a Christmas episode next week. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Get ready for it. We might wear ugly sweaters. Eh, if you not. want to watch us on the live. <laughs> We're going to burn those tonight. Uh, <laughs> not physically, but you know what I mean? I know. Spiritually. Anyways, thank you for joining us. We'll be back next time. See ya. Yep, we'll be back for more news, more episodes, more thoughts, right. Avatar, and more of us. Yeah, bye. All right, bye. <laughs>